Trapcast Express. Tratcast Express, it's Thursday, November 3rd, 2022. The Argentinian apostate Jorge Bergoglio, also called Pope Francis, is currently on another high-carbon emission blather tour. This time, and I think it's something like his 39th trip abroad, this time he jetted to the Kingdom of Bahrain, a small island in the Persian Gulf off the coast of Saudi Arabia. He will be in Bahrain until Sunday, November 6th, and unload the usual heaps of blather about encounter, fraternity, mutual respect, human dignity, common roots, and interreligious cooperation. Tomorrow, the false pope will attend the closing of the Bahrain Forum for Dialogue, East and West for Human Coexistence before meeting with the members of the Muslim Council of Elders, and after that, an ecumenical prayer meeting for peace. While we don't know yet, of course, what Francis will say, we have noticed that since returning from his visit to Morocco in 2019, the Jesuit antipope has been using the idea of heaven more and more. Not, of course, the true Catholic idea of heaven, as the perpetual enjoyment of the beatific vision of the Most Holy Trinity, but rather some kind of interreligious heaven from which we all come, whose children we all are, under which we all walk, and to which all of us are moving in some way or another, regardless of our religious beliefs. And so today, in his address to the King of Bahrain and the other authorities and the diplomatic corps, Francis said this, quote, These days mark a precious stage in the journey of friendship that has intensified in recent years with various Islamic religious leaders, a fraternal journey that, beneath the gaze of heaven, seeks to foster peace on earth, unquote. Now, don't underestimate that little phrase, gaze of heaven. Just a few weeks ago in September, when he attended the Interreligious Congress in Astana, Kazakhstan, Francis kept mentioning his interreligious heaven. For instance, he claimed that we are all children of the same heaven, that we all have our eyes raised to heaven, that everyone has a right to heaven, which of course is heresy, and that encounter, dialogue, and patient negotiations are the only means blessed by heaven to obtain peace. Really now? Funny, I seem to remember something about a prince of peace who alone can give true and lasting peace, not as the world giveth, but through his grace and the observance of his law, especially meekness, mercy, justice, forgiveness, and charity. The peace of Christ is not nourished on the things of earth, but on those of heaven, Pope Pius XI declared in his encyclical Ubi Arcano Dei, Number 36. Clearly, the heaven Francis is talking about is not the kingdom of Jesus Christ. 
In other news, Jeff Kassman, a layman who is essentially a follower of the Society of St. Pius X, a Lefebvreist, published an article on 1 Peter 5 recently with the ironic title, Anti-SSPX Critics Do Not Follow the Holy See. Yes, you heard that right. An SSPXer complaining that people who oppose the SSPX aren't loyal enough to the Holy See. Now, if anything, he should have entitled his article, Anti-SSPX Critics Do Not Follow the Holy See Either. But anyway, Kassman made some arguments in that post that caught my eye. You see, now that Francis has taken a very different approach towards the SSPX than his predecessors, all of a sudden, what Rome says and does is now authoritative and binding, and indicative of the path that every Catholic should accept. So, when in 1988... John Paul II made clear that the SSPX was in schism. What did the Lefebvreists do? They said, no, that's baloney. The Pope's wrong. He's not infallible in this. This isn't binding. And look at these canon lawyers who agree with us. We're only in schism with modernist Rome, not eternal Rome. Yada, yada, yada. But now... Now that Bergoglio has given them faculties to hear confessions and witness marriages, now all of a sudden, Rome's judgment is authoritative and to be accepted by all. See how this works? When Rome says or does something the SSPX agrees with, then it's good and binding and all that. But when Rome says or does something the SSPX does not approve of, then it's something that needs to be resisted because we're faithful to tradition. This is arguing backwards. The Vatican's judgment is only being claimed to be authoritative now because it favors the SSPX. At the end of the day, this still has the SSPX retaining the final authority. It's just that in this case, they like what Rome did, and so Rome is being appealed to now, as an authority. It really is hypocritical. But not only does Kassman's argument rely on a double standard, it also won't fly for another reason. Francis doesn't care about consistency. He doesn't care about orthodoxy. He really doesn't care about anything except getting his way. Now, Kassman argues that if Francis thought the SSPX was in schism, why surely he wouldn't have given them faculties to hear confessions. Oh, really? You want to bet your soul on that? See, Kassman is assuming that Francis would act how a Catholic would act. But we're not talking about a Catholic here. We're talking about Jorge Bergoglio. Bergoglio, Francis, is a man who, back in 2014, received a blessing from the Anglican Archlayman of Canterbury. He's a man who ordered that when his friend Tony Palmer died, who was an evangelical Anglican bishop, that he be buried as a Roman Catholic bishop. I got the link in the show notes. Francis has said that if Catholics live in an area where there is no Catholic Mass on a Sunday, 
but there is an Anglican Mass, then they should just go to that. Folks, the Anglicans don't have a valid priesthood. That is according to the infallible judgment of Pope Leo XIII in Apostolice Curae. Anglicans therefore don't have a valid Mass, not to mention the fact that they're Protestants. That's Jorge Bergoglio for you. Also, Francis has stated that his favorite exorcist is Manuel Acuna, who is a Lutheran. Then, in 2020, Francis revealed that he once led a Lutheran prayer service when the Lutheran pastor couldn't be there, and so he jumped in for him. Francis has stated that Lutherans and Catholics are, and this is a quote, members of one and the same mystical body of Christ, unquote. In 2015, Francis gifted a Eucharistic chalice and paten to the pastor of Rome's Lutheran community. Earlier this year, Francis said that even heretics and apostates are still part of the church. We are all brothers, he said. Also earlier this year, Bergoglio told the Russian Orthodox patriarch Kirill, quote, We are shepherds of the same holy flock of God, unquote. And, of course, Francis believes that today's Jews are God's chosen people. And I could go on and on and on. Mr. Kassman, I have a question for you. Are you sure you want to use Francis's words and actions as the normative standard by which to judge the SSPX's orthodoxy and communion? Didn't think so. You know, you really have to wonder why it is that the Lefebvres are so interested in being considered a part of Club Bergoglio. If you look at why the SSPX was founded back in 1970, what they supposedly stand for, and what they want to achieve, you'd think they'd be running away from Bergoglio, kicking and screaming. In the whole history of the Vatican II Church, it has never been worse than today. The apostasy has never been greater, the contempt with which the post-Catholic Vatican treats our Lord, his sacred doctrine on faith and morals, and the sacred liturgy has never been greater or more obvious. You would think that the leadership of the SSPX are screaming at Francis at the top of their lungs, and yet, what is happening? Not much. All right, last but not least... With whom do you refuse to eat, you mortal sinner? A few days ago, on October 29th, the English edition of Vatican News published a gospel reflection by the Thomas Merton aficionado Jonathan Montaldo, commenting on our Lord's encounter with Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Montaldo wrote, quote, before we receive the sacrament of reconciliation, we examine our consciences to detail our worst, so we surmise, sins, uncomfortable sometimes with our imagined admonition to come from the priest. But should the priest be a boundary-crossing disciple of Jesus, 
He ignores the sins we thought might shock. I get your bad temper, your sexual desires, your lying, your love of filth. But before I pray for your absolution, tell me the folks with whom you refuse to eat. Tell me your mortal sin. May the Holy Spirit bestow courage when, examining our consciences, we ask ourselves two related questions. With whom do I refuse to eat? And who still eats with me in spite of my presence giving them indigestion? Unquote. Well, you know, it's nice to see that there are still some Novos Ordo people who believe in mortal sin. Now they just need to understand what is and isn't grave matter. Oh, and by the way, the priest doesn't pray for absolution, as in, may God absolve you of your sins. He gives absolution in the person of Christ. I absolve you of your sins. That, at least, is how it works in the Catholic religion. It's always the same with these liberals. Real mortal sins, which snuff out the life of sanctifying grace in the soul, are demoted to mere peccadillos. You know, entertaining lustful desires, who cares? Filthy movies, no big deal. Cheating your insurance company, everybody does it. But heaven forbid there should be even one person you wouldn't want to have over for dinner at your house. Now, that is serious matter. The priest may just have to refuse you absolution over if you're not sufficiently contrite. In his first letter to the Corinthians, by the way, St. Paul said that we are not to keep company with fellow believers who are unrepentant, grave public sinners. In 1 Corinthians 5.11, we read, quote, But now I have written to you not to keep company, if any man that is named a brother be a fornicator, or covetous, or a server of idols, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, with such a one not so much as to eat, unquote. So, I have a suggestion. Next time a Novus Ordo priest asks you with whom you refuse to eat, let him know. Tradcast Express is a production of Novus Ordo Watch. Check us out at tradcast.org, and if you like what we're doing, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution at novusordowatch.org slash donate.